Hello, everybody. This is Dr. Deanna Minnick. Welcome to the Color Can Heal Your Life podcast, where we explore how you can get some more color, creativity, and healing in your everyday life. We get to look at the spectrum of eating, living, feeling, and creating that you're all about. So let's dive into the inspiration and information rainbow that awaits us. Hello, everybody. This is Dr. Deanna. Welcome to the Color Can Heal Your Life podcast. In this episode, I'm interviewing Rachel Pontillo. Rachel is an interesting blend of many different threads in the tapestry of her background. She's a health coach, she's an esthetician, and she even formulates her own skincare products and helps to educate others on how to do the same. So what you're going to hear in this dialogue with her is about her own personal journey towards something deeper with skin. Because whenever we talk about any of the body organs, there is always something a little bit more symbolic there. So see if you can see what that was for her and maybe you share some of those elements that she had in her story too. At the end of the podcast, what you're going to hear about are some botanicals that are her favorite for skincare, and she'll even give you a recipe of how you can make your own calendula infused oil. So listen in and enjoy. Hello, everybody. This is Dr. Deanna Minnick. Welcome to the Color Can Heal Your Life podcast. Today, I'm talking with Rachel Pontillo. And Rachel is truly an expert in this whole area of herbal skin care, talking about the skin, the connection into different body systems. So hi, Rachel. Welcome. Hi, it's so great to be here. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's, it's great to have this conversation with you because I know that skin is such a huge issue for so many people. So we're going to dive into that and, and go deeper below the surface on it. But before we do, I want to ask you the question that I ask everybody that I interview, and that is, what is your favorite color? It's kind of the unanswerable question, isn't it? Everybody has different colors that they love for different things, but I have always found myself really drawn to darker teal and peacock blues. Oh my goodness, that's so specific. Darker teal and peacock blues. I love that. So more what I would consider the truth color, the color of the thyroid gland, the color of speaking your truth. Does that resonate at all for you? Oh, gosh, yeah. That's been a big thing for me. I always have considered myself a communicator. And, you know, when I was a kid, I always felt that I was misunderstood. So communication was a challenge for me. And I did have thyroid issues um, as I was kind of healing my own health following my second pregnancy. So whenever I do hear about these communication issues and thyroid issues associated with those colors, it it so resonates. It makes sense. Interesting. Um, And so then how did you get to skin? So it it sounds like, you know, just from knowing you a little bit, you've, you've done a lot of things in your life, having the thyroid issues and then having children, all of that. How did you get to really hone in on skin? What was your path? It actually started with skin, but I didn't realize that that was my why until 
much further down my journey. So I struggled with acne ever since I was a young teenager, even earlier than that. I would I would say during my teenaged years, I started getting breakouts and blackheads and I would wake up with a greasy face and I was noticing that that wasn't happening to my classmates and I and I was not too happy about that, but Back then, you know, we didn't have the internet. We had teen magazines and we had TV <laughs> commercials and we had and cap displays at drugstores that my friends and I would go. We'd go there after school and spend our allowance on probably garbage. But you know, we were only exposed to the type of skincare products that are marketed to kids our age and teenagers. So what I would put on my skin ended up causing a lot more harm than good. I had some serious reactions to ingredients like salicylic acid and benzoyl peroxide, which are very commonly used over the counter acne medications, but they can be highly irritant. But I didn't really know what else to do. And I remember even some of the TV, the TV commercials saying, you know, if it stings, you know, it's working. So, that was kind of the mentality that I had, even though my skin was not getting better, it was getting worse. I kept doing the same thing over and over again because it's all I knew to do. And my mother was always into home remedies and she always had a garden and cooked from scratch. So she'd crush up some vitamins or make some random like oatmeal masks or egg masks. And we would do concoctions here and there, but it didn't really help me because I think my skin at that point was already so irritated. It it would have required me just completely overhauling that drugstore skincare regimen before anything else would have been able to to work. And, you know, teenagers, it, it's really hard anyway, because you could eat a 100% organic, healthy, balanced diet, and a teenager could still have acne because of all of the hormonal activity. Mm-hmm. It's something that my own 13-year-old is starting to experience herself, and I make her her products, and she has a fun little gadget that I got her at one of the spa shows, but it drives me nuts because she's not listening to me since probably because I'm mom, so it's hilarious. I actually had um, one of my esthetician friends offer to Skype with her just to see if communicating from somebody who's not her mom would, would make a difference, but it always was a problem for me and I tried a lot of different things. I tried spa products, I tried going to the dermatologist, I had cortisone shots in my face which was very traumatic. I mm. was put on medications like antibiotics and steroids. Nothing helped. Yeah. There would be things that would help temporarily but then if I would stop using it, it would come back or if I continued using it, it would cause other reactions like super sensitivity, photosensitivity. So I actually started getting sunburns for the first time in my life. I never had before. I have um, what would be considered in aesthetics as a Fitzpatrick 4 skin tone, which is kind of like Mediterranean, more on the olivey side. I'm not, I'm not your fair, you know, Northern European complexion kind of girl. So, you know, I got, I got some thickness, I got some oil, I got some pigment, and I didn't burn until I started using those products. So, Rachel, I just have to say, I feel like we're sisters. And, uh, you know, just even portaling in as you're describing your story of being a teenager and what you went through, I'm almost having these flashbacks of me oh, doing God. exactly the same thing and going into the drugstore. I think it was Walgreens at the time, and I would take my yep. allowance and yep. <laughs> whatever money I had. And I remember there was even 
Um, aside from, I remember buying all these Clarins, like these high-end products that I thought that because they were they cost more money, they would be more efficacious. They weren't. I know. And I I remember seeing on the on the shelf one time that there was a zinc product, and I ended up taking zinc. I don't know if it helped or not. I still feel like it was an issue. But I went to the dermatologist, very similar to what you're describing. I took antibiotics for months on end, if not years. And then I also did Accutane, which is like, you know, like the most toxic of the toxic, right? So I actually did that. It's, yeah, it's intense. Yeah. So I I feel you on the side of the skin. And and what I want to do is just ask you a more symbolic question too, because I think it's really interesting that during the teen years, we have this upheaval of who we are, our hormones are racing in all over the place. And there is this sense of trying to fit in and really accept who we are. And I want to just see if you have any thoughts about how that is connected into skin and maybe what skin represents. You know, you hear those those phrases like feeling good in the skin. And if you don't feel good in your skin, you kind of feel like your whole day or your whole life is off. So do you see a parallel between whether it's the life stage of even your 13-year-old not feeling good in her skin, and maybe it's metaphorical, kind of signaling back in. You know, I think that it, it's it's probably a, a do-loop. It's probably all interconnected. But what's your take on skin and self-esteem? Oh, there's such a huge connection. It's something that I experienced personally, both as a teenager and then later on as an adult when I I was really annoyed because everybody told me the acne would clear up, and it, it just didn't. It absolutely affected my confidence in seeking certain relationships, in seeking certain job opportunities. If I was up for a promotion or had to give a presentation, it was always in the forefront of my mind, like, oh my God, they're not going to take me seriously. They're because the, you know, my disgusting face, I I had terrible self-talk. Like I just said, my disgusting face, those are things I would say to myself. And it really affected how I perceived my reality, whether or not that was the actual reality. And they say that it almost doesn't matter sometimes if something's true, what matters is what you believe because that becomes your truth. So whatever you believe about yourself and whatever words you're using to talk to yourself in your thoughts and and describe yourself and whatever kind of conversation and dialogue you're having with yourself in the mirror that is that becomes your truth so it is a very very deep deep rooted connection self esteem self worth self acceptance to what's going on on the surface of the skin and it's something i've seen with people of all ages both men and women in my practice as well as with my students so it's something that i actually did go to get more education about not just healing the skin more holistically in terms of diet and lifestyle plus the topical, but I also did, um, you know, get more training in metaphysics and journaling practices and meditation and affirmations and visualizations and all of these things that can really help people shift their feelings about themselves as they are making the changes in their physical bodies and their physical lifestyle. Wonderful. And and do you feel like out of all the things that you've explored, 
Is it a personalized process where some people respond more to food or lifestyle or to, as you said, the metaphysical, whether it's meditation, visualizations, affirmations, any of that? Have you found that there's one thing that seems to just across the board work for most people? I find that most people who have skin issues absolutely have self-worth issues that need work. So it depends on where the person is when they come to me or when they get started on this journey, if they're doing this on their own with what they most need at that time. Some people come in, they've already got the diet down or they've been dabbling with different types of elimination diets or food sensitivity testing or stuff like that. And they already have a good amount of information about what is possibly the cause. I mean, that in itself is more than half the battle. But when you have information and you're not able to put it into action because you have certain feelings about your own self-worth and whether you actually deserve to have the the rewards that come with clear skin or good skin. That is oftentimes the hardest thing, even though it it sounds cheesy because the whole self-love, like, oh, I love myself, I love my skin, that seems really uncomfortable for a lot of people and they laugh about it and then they kind of deflect to, well, I'm not vain, I don't I don't look at myself like that. There's a lot of connotations that women in, in particular have been kind of sold about the idea of wanting to have clear, smooth skin. And until we can understand what the reason is for ourselves in wanting it and then believing that we deserve to have it and to have the rewards and the improved lifestyle and the, the happier feelings that come with it, it, it continues to be this hamster wheel where you try something new, you try a new diet, you fall off the wagon, you try a new skincare treatment, you fall off the wagon. So I, I find that the common thread is this mindset piece. And once that is in place, then everything else does tend to fall into place. But I will say that the majority of people who have skin issues do carry a lot of inflammation or heat in their body typically. There's usually some sort of a sugar issue. And there also is often a food sensitivity or allergy or intolerance happening. Mm -hmm. So where do you start with somebody? Let's just say that you know, aside from your daughter, let's take somebody else, uh, but <laughs> somebody who um, comes to you, maybe an adult with acne, and how do you whittle through to figure out what's causing what? Because I can imagine that somebody may not have as much on the mindset and more on the food. And then other people, like you said, they've got the diet down. It's just the mindset that needs to shift. So how do you, what's your process for trying to figure out where people are starting from? And then how do you take them through a process? Absolutely. So with my one-on-one clients, I do a very thorough consultation before we even get started so that I can gauge what their experience is, what they are telling me they want versus what I'm kind of sensing when I go over their history and I ask certain questions and I ask a lot of questions. I, I, I try to really have it be an open line of communication rather than just having a form like, Oh, do you have this check this check? You know, I, I really, I really want it to be about the person because in my experience, and this is what I teach to my students as well. There is not a single pair of people who have the same skin. I don't care if you are identical twins. 
lifestyle, mindset, diet, stress, all of these things, all these epigenetic factors really can affect the skin so significantly that every single person is going to need a customized plan in order to have the best and most sustainable results. So I really start with not only figuring out what I think might be the cause of the issue, because I'm not a doctor, so I'm not diagnosing and I'm not treating. I am simply fact finding and I do have a lot of referral, referral relationships in place if I need to send someone out for testing or if someone is beyond my scope, but I am a health coach and I am an esthetician, So, and I'm also a skincare formulator. So in my private program, my clients get basically what they need within the expertise that I can offer them and I create a customized program for them that is whole foods based as well as whole foods skincare based in their topical regimen. I'm also an herbalist, so I do incorporate herbs and teas and tinctures both internally. Um, I, I, you know, I make recommendations for certain herbs that I think might support whatever organ seems to be pulling the others out of whack. Um, and then topically, I make I make the products for them. And I also teach my students how to do that for themselves and in their practices. Many of my students are also practitioners who are looking to offer this additional element of customization to their practice. How interesting. So you make your own products. Are, mm-hmm. are there certain, how did you get to that point? So did the herbal part come in later through your journey? Were you first a health coach and then later on you started to look at herbs and botanicals or, you know, how did, how did you get to that point? Or maybe so, the herbs came first because of your mom you know, and that influence. I really think that's the case. My mom was a farm girl. She grew up on a farm. And even though we lived in the suburbs, she kind of brought that with her. We always had a vegetable garden. She always came from the belief system that anything that you make from what nature has provided is inherently going to be better than something made in a factory by a robot using chemicals that have been made by man. And I still fully subscribe to that belief system. So I think that she definitely planted the seeds that the plants have the wisdom. I spent a lot of time just in my yard, just looking, looking through the weeds really and seeing what they would tell me. Um, I, I would just spend hours out there by myself. I'd go under a tree and just like pick through what was growing there to see, to see what it was. I, I just, I felt like I, I would find these little fairy patches where I would go. And that was my quiet little place. Cause you know, talking, we talked about self-esteem earlier. I didn't have much when I was growing up. So I did really seek a lot of solitude where I felt that I was safe in my own thoughts. And I always felt 100% safe with nature and with the plants. So I started really communicating and with, with nature and with plants as a child, but it wasn't until later on that I started making remedies. What happened was I started actually in the cosmetic world because I really didn't know what to do otherwise. As I mentioned, the drugstore stuff and the products themselves at spas, at department stores, and the medications weren't working for me. So I got really good at doing makeup from an early age to cover up the acne. So when I was working at the department store, we did custom blending. 
And we weren't, it, it was not a natural product line, but it did custom blending. And I started seeing that even if someone's skin kind of matched one of the generic shades, it was never as good as a custom match. So it, even if two people looked very similar to the eye, when I would do their blends, I would find that there would be just subtle nuances, whether it was a red undertone or a blue undertone that you really couldn't see. But then when we would take them out into daylight to mm -hmm. see how the makeup looked, it was just these subtle differences that made a huge change. So that kind of planted the seeds about customization or customization for me. And whenever I would go to product knowledge classes for that particular company, I didn't really care about the products themselves. I was really fascinated by the ingredients, even though at the time they were chemical ingredients, synthetic chemical ingredients. But I always was asking the questions, well, why is this in the product? And why is this in the product with this ingredient? Why, why were they chosen together? And how does this respond to this cell? And I, I, I would ask questions that the, the, educators really couldn't answer because they were kind of off script <laughs> not to not to knock the cosmetic reps but you know I, I they're only given a limited amount of information because they're meant to teach people how to sell the product it's basically just product knowledge and a lot of consumers at the time I would say the majority of consumers did not question the ingredients that were in those products that's starting to change now but I always had this this um, idea that I wanted to know why the ingredients were there. What were they supposed to do for my skin? So I was, I started reading labels and even though I didn't know what half the stuff was, and this again was pre-internet, I started seeing what, which ones were similar. And I started actually mixing my own and finding that, you know, I, I liked some of my concoctions from other pre-made blends more. Um, so I, I, I started making my own products with other people's products first, which I, I don't recommend people do that, by the way. So, you know, that's kind of a do as I don't do as I <laughs> don't do as I do or did just ignore it. But that's kind of how I got there, because, you know, you still don't know what's going to happen when you put two things together. You could get a science experiment in your house that explodes or you could get something amazing and mm -hmm. you're doing which I did not back then. You don't know what you're going to get. So I don't recommend people do that. But that's what got me started making products. And then I, I, when I went to college, I, I actually graduated with an architecture degree, but it was not something that I wanted to do professionally. And I figured that out early on in college. But then I figured, eh, let's just get the degree. and I could always go back later. So I got a job in advertising sales and marketing after college. Then I continued doing more different types of sales here and there, mostly for healthcare companies. So I was learning kind of healthcare terminology. I was reading a lot of healthcare journals. I was always fascinated by the ones about the skin. Of course, I, I would just like gravitate to them. I'm like, give me that. And I had my children and I stayed home with my children primarily. I was still doing freelance health writing while I was at home, but I knew that I wanted to do more and I always, it was kind of the deal that I could stay home and I would go back once my kids were in school full time. So it was getting close to that time period and I didn't really know what I was going to do because I never really found joy or felt fulfilled in my corporate roles. Um, I also am one of those people who is not, not the best employee. I, I, I really like to do my own thing. I'm a much better boss than employee. And I think that's the case with a lot of entrepreneurs. 
So I was like, well, what am I going to do? What am I going to do? And I had a friend at the time who was a nail tech. And she said, well, you're really into skin. Why don't you do makeup? You're really good at doing makeup. And I'm like, eh, don't you need a license for that? You don't technically in most states, but I, I'm a big rule follower. So I wanted to see what kind of licensure I could get to kind of make myself stand apart from the department store ladies who were doing makeup. So I found that, you know, I could do night school and get an, and get an aesthetics license. I wouldn't have to get a full cosmetology license and aesthetics was about skin. And I wanted to, I, I was still having skin issues. So I figured, okay, well, I'll be able to fix my own skin and maybe have a career. Hmm. So I did that. And then, as I mentioned, I had a weight loss um, after my second pregnancy. I actually had a weight gain and then a weight loss. But the weight gain, I held on to that weight for almost five years. And during that time, I developed hypothyroid. I developed high cholesterol, prediabetes. I had all of these issues. And I was so frustrated because I had never had a weight problem before. I don't know what it was about the hormones or or stress or whatever it was that led to that situation for me, it then caused me to um, really do research because everything that I had tried, whether it was a fad diet or a personal trainer or even diet pills, which again, I don't recommend people do that, but I was doing what I had access to at the time that was what you're supposed to do, quote unquote, functional medicine and integrative medicine and health coaching and nutrition. They were not even in my brain at that time. So I had started writing for the aesthetics journals and I had started my blog back in 2010. And I was doing research on detoxification for a blog post. I was interested in skin detoxification. So I'm on Amazon looking for books because I didn't, at the time, I was really one of the only people writing about this stuff. It was not really mass information yet. Um, I found this book that was about, it was called The Beauty Detox Solution by Kimberly Snyder. And I'm, I'm like, okay, beauty detox, that's going to be about skin. Here's this cute little woman with an apple. Okay, we're going to read this book. So I get the book. I'm like, oh, crap, it's another diet book. I did not want another diet book. I had already tried so many diets that had been miserable for me. But I was at the point where I was really unhappy with how I looked. I didn't recognize myself in the mirror. And my kids, I have two, I have two daughters. I want to be a confident, strong, healthy role model for them. So I wanted to get myself back. So I figured, let's just try this. This book had things like food combining, eating light to heavy, plant-based, no sugar, no gluten, no dairy, stuff I had never heard of before. Green smoothies, I'd never heard of that. And I, <laughs> the idea of putting salad in a blender and drinking it was absolutely unappealing to me. But I said, you know what? Everything that I'm quote, quote unquote supposed to do didn't work. So let's try this. Well, you know, fast forward the whole thing. That was a huge just jumping off point for me. I, my skin was cleared up for good after a month. I was down 20 pounds after a month and I lost over 18 months, a total of 80 pounds. Now I didn't stick with that particular plan because then I started researching other things and I started writing blog posts about it because I was just so blown away by how fast my skin cleared up and how good I was feeling that I, um, I, I paused myself because I don't want to be one of those, I didn't want to be one of those bloggers or quote unquote experts who reads a book and then you know everything, right? So I'm like, I want to learn more about this for myself. So I went to Integrative Nutrition 
uh, it's amazing what I'll do to get a good blog post, right? I went to integrative <laughs> nutrition and, you know, continued on that path of learning all of these different dietary theories from all around the world. Who has the most longevity, not just for their bodies, but also for the skin? There are specific cultures in the world that are known to have really beautiful skin. Okay, well, how are they getting that? What are they eating? What are they doing? How are they living? How are their lifestyles different? So I just started really meshing my holistic aesthetics practice. When I was in aesthetic school, I had exposure to a lot of Ayurvedic philosophy because one of our instructors was an Ayurvedic doctor. So I started learning about Ayurvedic herbs and the principle of bioindividuality really through the Ayurvedic doshas in aesthetic school. And then that was really expanded on when I was in nutrition school. So I just started combining, you know, okay, well, the skin is the largest body, largest organ in the body but it's treated separately from the inside of the body. Why is that? And once I started looking at the skin as part of the rest of the body, you wouldn't, you wouldn't, if you saw something on your liver, you wouldn't try to like zap it or squeeze it. You would, you would, you would nourish it. You would try to help it. You would care for it. Yet we are so violent with our skin. When we see something, we pick it, we zap it, we squeeze it, we scrub <laughs> it. And we wouldn't do that to our colon. We wouldn't do that to our heart. We wouldn't do that to our brain. We have to start looking at the skin as just as precious of an organ as the organs that we can't see. So I had to begin working with clients during that practicum for the integrative nutrition program. I had already lost the weight and I started working with clients and it was amazing that they were having the same types of results that I had. So that's when when you start, and, and integrative nutrition does teach using herbs to naturally flavor your food. So I kind of got reminded of my mother's lessons with the fresh, fresh food from the garden. She always had herbs. She still does. Um, so I started thinking, okay, well, if we're feeding our bodies with herbs and with fresh whole foods on the inside, and that's working really well, shouldn't we be doing that on the outside? So I started messing around with concoctions. I went online to one of the herb suppliers that sells like things like beeswax and shea butter and dry herbs and also, you know, herbal extracts. And I started mixing them together and I had no idea what I was doing. And I made a lot of mistakes. I was completely self-taught when it came to the herbal skincare formulation, but I was also studying herbalism alongside that just through books and through experiencing the plants one-on-one -on -one and continuing to communicate with them. And then I started um, attending herb conferences and learning from wise women and men in person, which there's absolutely no substitute for that. And I just continue to do that. I, I, I consider myself a pretty high level formulator these days. Um, I teach it, so I better be, but I, I know the skin. I know the herbs. I know the value of using ingredients made from the whole herbs versus individual components of those plants. And I also just love infusing the beauty of the plants, the colors of the plants, the beauty of nature, the wisdom of nature into those products. And the same with food, into food too. I think food should be beautiful. I think a skincare regimen should be beautiful because when we're trying to achieve beauty, we should be adding more beauty into our lives just in general. So that's that's kind of how I got here. It, it, was, it was completely led by my own life explorations to solve my own problems. <laughs> and, um, 
the fact that it can help other women is just incredibly rewarding and I just want to keep learning more so that I can share more and further cultivate this practice that I've developed, this modality called nutritional aesthetics that I've developed. And I really feel called to just educate more people about the plants and how the plants can lead the way. We don't always have to Google everything or research. We do have to research, but we, we don't have to always find some isolated nutrient somewhere and then do a million tests to prove that it works on something when the answers are usually there already if we just let ourselves experience things. Oh. Yes. Oh my goodness, Rachel, what a journey. You've been, uh, you know, I, I'm imagining it as you're going through it. And, you know, for many of us, we have these kind of circuitous paths where we don't know where they're taking us, but voila, here you are. So I, what I would like in our remaining minutes, because, you know, I feel your passion. I feel that you've got so much to offer in terms of the information and, and you know, you're really on point with your mission to help people with their skin. Can you leave us with a couple of herbs that you believe are essential for our skin? And just to get us a little bit curious, I know that you're doing a an herbal skincare summit in January. So what are some herbs that people should know about, just in general, just, just a handful if you could? Absolutely. So on the inside, two of the biggest herbal allies that you can add to your herbal teas or cook with or add to your smoothies are dandelion and stinging nettles. These are incredibly helpful for helping to ease digestive issues, improve digest or improve detoxification, which is so important for healthy skin because gut health and the skin health are so intimately linked. And they are also incredibly nourishing, excellent sources of minerals, um, which a lot of people who have skin issues have mineral deficiencies, which I was not aware of when I first started with this, but I found out later as I continue to do to do research. So those are two that I recommend adding to your teas. And also, if you're someone who likes to take baths, you can add them into a bath salt. You can dry them and grind them up into a powder and add them to like an Epsom salt or a Himalayan salt and make a soak out of those. So you have a nice, really soothing and calming, nourishing and detoxifying bath soak. And that can actually help the skin on your face by nourishing the skin on your body. That's another misconception I want to throw out there really quickly. We can't ignore the skin on our body just because it's covered by clothes. We always pay attention to the skin on the face because that's what we most see in the mirror, but we got to take care of the skin on the body too. If part of the body is cared for and the other part is not, that's not balanced. So there's that. And then topically, some of my favorite ingredients to use are calendula. Almost everyone I know can benefit from calendula. And it's a, it's an herb that is also not commonly irritant or um, allergic, allergenic for people. You see it a lot in baby products because it is so well tolerated. But I love calendula because it has incredible soothing properties. So if anyone has irritated skin, dry skin, sensitive skin, a lot of redness, it's something that absolutely can help soothe that and calm that down. But what's really cool about calendula is that 
it stimulates fibroblast production. Fibroblasts are the cells in the dermis that produce the collagen and elastin in our skin. And those are the proteins of youth, I call them, which keep our skin supple and firm and give it its snap and elasticity. And oftentimes when we're complaining about premature aging or signs of aging, it's because those stores of collagen and elastin, they begin to deplete and the production slows down. So if we can stimulate those fibroblasts, that can help our collagen and elastin production keep up even when it's supposed to normally be slowing down. So that's something I recommend people also add to their teas, but also you can make beautiful oil, infused oil with calendula. I can give you a really quick little recipe that I do often. I take jojoba oil, which is another oil that I love because most people do really well with it. It's not likely to clog pores. It absorbs really quickly, does not leave a greasy residue. You take some dried calendula flowers, pour some jojoba oil over it in a mason jar by and leave about two inches space, sit it out in the hot sun covered for about four weeks, shake it every day, then strain out your calendula and the oil that you're left with is now infused with the therapeutic and energetic properties of that calendula and they marry with the jojoba and you get this incredibly soothing and calming and also really powerful oil that you can use topically either as a cleansing oil or even as a moisturizer. Wow. That's fantastic. I never knew that about calendula. You know, um, one of my favorite, it's not a botanical, but I love all things bee, bee derived. So propolis, bee pollen, um, honey, applying it to my skin. I seem to have no problem with this. I love, I love using honey as a cleanser itself and even as an exfoliating mask because it has incredible enzymes and it is just, it has its natural sugars, which also gently exfoliate, but it's also a strong humectant. So it brings hydration into the skin. And then it also has those wonderful natural antimicrobial properties. So if you guys, yeah, any microbiome issues going on, it can help bring some balance to that. I love raw honey. I love in particular as either a mask or as a cleanser. Love it. Rachel, you are a wealth of information here. I've taken lots of notes and I'm sure that other people are really, uh, prime to to learn more i mean again it just sounds like there's just so much there for us to uncover and um you know your recipes and making things practical i think is important so how can people contact you how can they find you how can they get involved in this summit the herbal skincare summit that you're going to be offering in january in the courses so how can people reach you My main website is rachelpontillo.com. It's R-A-C-H-A-E-L, Pontillo, P-O-N-T-I-L-L-O.com. And that kind of branches off to everything else that I have going on. But if you're interested in the Herbal Skincare Summit, this is going to be an incredible virtual event. It is a free event. Starts January 8th, runs through the 13th. I hope that everyone wants to be part of that because we have some incredible speakers, wise women and men who are just sharing their herbal lineage and also how that all applies to the skin. So it's just, it's an incredible 
kind of skincare storytelling extravaganza that is just going to bring some wonderful plant beauty and wisdom and magic to everyone. And I'm just so excited about it. And that website is going to be herbalskincaresummit.com. And then if you're interested in learning how to make your own skincare products, either for yourself personally, or if you're a practitioner and you're interested in learning to add this to your business to further help your clients, my courses are at createyourskincare.com. Wonderful. Gosh, I'm definitely going to be signing up for your summit. I'm so interested to hear everybody's take. I know that you've got 15 different experts, so I'll be curious to listen in. Thank you, Rachel, so much. It's been um, really a pleasure to to listen to, again, your passion, the information that you have to bring to the table on this topic. And what I really liked what you did, too, is talk about the energetics of these plants and nature. So thanks so much. I appreciate it. Thank you so much for having me. It was really fun. 